Hello everybody, it's Graham Kay. I'll lift this up a little bit so you can actually see my face. How about that? Um, welcome to my music. I haven't done one of these for uh, over a week now, which is a, a bit of a miss for me, but it's been so busy. So apologies uh, if you, you, you've missed me or uh, you've, you've missed hearing from musicians, but we're putting that right right now. I'll be speaking to Katie about her life in music straight after this. Katie, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. That's all right. Where where are you living? Where do you come from? So I'm like on the outskirts of London, kind of like towards the east. Right. Um, So, yeah, um, it's quite nice because I kind of can go into London when I want to. go in. I can leave as also also when I want to. Yeah. Which is nice. Absolutely. I always feel a little bit like that about London. Um, Yeah. Where are you? well, I'm in I'm in the southwest, so actually I'm in Somerset. But okay. I used to do a lot of work in London, even living here. So I used to commute, um, yeah. which is quite quite a long commute. And I, mm. you know, you you end up finding all sorts of different ways of doing it to kind of keep it fresh. So sometimes I travel down the the three hundred three and onto the M three. Um, other times I would like travel to Andover and then pick up the train at Andover and then go in from there because that's about the last stop where you can then come back out late. Mm. Yeah. So um, I'm like I'm on like the Elizabeth line here, so it's like all brand new and shiny. But it's mm. like it's not a great. Also, it's kind of one of those ones where everybody's striking every other week or something, or something's happening. So it's like you know you you get to the weekend and you're like, oh, I'll go into London, and then you can't because the trains aren't working. But other yeah. than that, it's it's okay. And then you'd have to get on a bus back or something yeah, like that. Yeah, buses. Yeah, it would just take forever. So yeah, yeah. it's it's not a great great idea. Well, where did you where did you grow up? I grew up in a little village. Um, called Newport Essex um kind of just outside Stansted Airport or kind of like yeah. half an hour from Cambridge yeah um yeah kind and of what... this really sleepy little village I kind of probably from a young age kind of had ideas that I would you know of leaving it as soon as Get I out. grew up yeah yeah because it was very boring I was going to ask you was any of your early music making about getting out um no actually no not at all um my very very early music making probably was like when I was seven or eight um I was talking to my sister recently actually she's like do you remember that song you wrote about your rabbit and I was like a rabbit yeah Love it. you know yeah so that I think that was my my very early early <laughs> songwriting experiences and that's interesting was it about the rabbit or was it a conversation with the rabbit or well I think I was going on holiday and it was all about how I'd miss the rabbit once I was Okay. on a holiday so still a bit of that melancholy <laughs> yeah. well, I was going to say, so there, 
so emotions were quite important yeah. to you right from an early age. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way, but yeah, definitely. So, so that's kind of, that's kind of stuck around in yeah. terms of your music writing thing. But it's interesting how different people approach writing or what kind of angle they approach writing from. I guess some people are, are quite, you know, look at things almost like a fly on the wall. And, yes. and give you a kind of, you know, like observing I, I, or something. Yeah, I, I always think of people like Jarvis Cocker with his lyrics about, you know, where you where you almost feel like it's almost voyeuristic, and you're kind of observing yeah, something that's true. over there. I also feel um, like the same thing about Dylan. A lot of Dylan's writing as well, observing what is going on in the world, um, more so than say feeling what's going on in the world or maybe it's a bit mixture of both feeling you know you're kind of feeling it as well as observing it or something yeah I'm not sure whether I mean it's a bit it's a bit of a thing to say that but perhaps overall women are better at the emotional side of things rather than the maybe. observation that being know. said I feel like Leonard Cohen's very um oh, well yeah, yeah there's so always feeling. exceptions yeah I guess there's exceptions <laughs> isn't there yeah but um yeah maybe i mean maybe that's why we also really love fe you know like female voices tend to have a kind of reverence more so i would say than male voices and i think maybe it's because i don't know maybe there is something there about the female voice and how it kind of touches more so in 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 that that emotional place within us maybe i mean i know it does with me when i listen to more female vocals um, yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah. that's true. I, I tend to gravitate towards a female vocal. Oh, um, interesting. I think that uh, I, I, I find that I, I either gravitate towards, if I'm if I'm honest, I either gravitate great towards a female vocal or a male vocal where it's a very interesting voice and actually they're doing mm. something very different with their voice mm. either massively or uh you know within the actual music itself i know what so, you mean i'm definitely drawn to more voices that have are more characterful than say mm -hmm. perfect you know like like there's those people who can just sing so well but their voices are almost so perfect that they there's something not there in it yeah. yeah 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 totally yeah i i really love the the um so from a, a male point of view for example i really yeah. love the, the the singer with um everything everything at the moment just just the way he i mean the, the whole structures of their songs but the way he like uses very quick staccato and he's like you know mm. dum, 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 with his voice and then he goes he, his range is amazing and he goes you know, he uses his falsetto really well and then goes down and then up and down. Just, you know, anything like that where he's really playing with his voice and it actually, almost if you didn't hear a word, it's actually adding a layer to the song. I think that's quite interesting. Definitely. And for, I find falsetto quite interesting in men. It's like, um, it's, you know, some, some people can do it really well. It's one of those things I think, you know, if it doesn't work, it's kind of really bad yeah <laughs> but if you do it well it's like so interesting it's like the total opposite it's like marmite you know you love it or you hate it yeah yeah i had um i had lapsley on here one oh, okay. time um i don't know whether you've come across lapsley but I'm, i think i have but, actually yeah 
Yeah, and and actually, she does the opposite, which I thought was really quite interesting. So she she puts an effect on her voice so that actually she's it lowers her voice so she sounds like oh. a man. And so that's then she really can, interesting. Mm, so she can then sing sort of like female male parts and and almost do like you know a conversation female male but mm. she's singing it all and I thought that was really quite interesting yeah, as well definitely Something and I also it. it kind of makes me think about AI and stuff like that and the the kind of like how much easier it's going to become to do stuff like that you know like I don't know like is there going to be a kind of new revolution in in kind of like production and things like that and what people are capable of doing creatively is it kind of I don't know I'm pretty sure certain we will see it um and like anything that's out there AI wise which is another conversation I have quite a lot during the day yeah I bet so I bet um you know there's pros and cons to it I think yes I'm sure in the hands for me in the hands of anybody that's lazy, mm. technology is dangerous. If, yes. If, if, yeah. if you're already creative and you've already got a creative bone and you're, and you're enthusiastic. Exercising that through. And you're exercising yeah. it. And then you see, you see a tool and you think, actually, what can I do with that tool? And part of you is about how can I bend that tool as well and how almost how can I break it how can I Mm. manipulate it to do something different with it then that's great yeah because then you'll push boundaries with it it's when people go ah do you know what I can do I can push a button I can do that Mm. so I don't have to put the effort in but I know it goes yeah because it's like you have to use your creativity through it basically otherwise you're just you're not really creating anything yeah otherwise it's like well you know i want to i want to push a button and produce some music so i can push some music out there well uh, mm. that's that's not you know you, you have to then question why that person's done it in the first place what what drives you to write music that's interesting actually interesting question because i was just before um we were doing this i was just thinking about um some video ideas that i have for youtube and i was just thinking about like the muse i guess or like what is the muse and and why um like how to find the muse or you know things like that and i was just thinking like the only muse i've ever really had is is just like myself really like and and also i guess other people so yeah either me or somebody else but normally with somebody else it's still kind of about me if that makes sense because it's yeah, coming from like your sense. perspective of who you know who the other person is and why they do what they do but yeah, I think it's like the psychological self, like who we are and why we are and and all of those questions around that. Um that interests me. And I think like I think that's why like the singer-songwriters of like the sixties and stuff, like Dylan and Leonard and Joni and all all of those types of people have always been so intriguing to me because they've they've kind of been the deep divers into the the kind of the self and yeah. yeah. So uh, for, yeah, I don't know if that any, answers your question. But. Well, it does. Yeah. Any 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 favourite sort of singer songwriters from that kind of era? Is there is there one that I always like to find out? Is there one that sort of like nobody's ever heard of that you um, cottoned on to? No, I don't think there's ones that no one's ever heard of. 
Um, I mean, I guess Joni Mitchell, she's kind of like an obvious one that everybody says really mm. nowadays because, um, but she was just like, when I was 15, somebody handed me a, a CD of hers. It was a blue album. And I just played it like nonstop until basically the CD was dead and I had to go and buy buy another CD to give back to the person. Um, but yeah, I think it that was... was the first Joni Mitchell album I was given. Yeah. Or, 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 or got. As well and there's just um, something so in this it's still a magical record it's just it is mm. just phenomenal um and then i got into leonard because i just like the the depth of his lyrics um and i and there was um some like billy holiday like i felt like her voice was like so special um i felt like she was just one of those singers that could sing the she doesn't it didn't matter what she sung it would just always sound kind of painful and Deep I was going to say, and, you know, like there's a real pain in that. Voice, yeah. Isn't there? Yes, exactly. Um, but also, I grew up in the '90s, so um, you know, like the big singers, you know, like Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston, and all of that. I mean, I was a massive Mariah Carey fan, like when I was like seven or eight or nine, and did some singing competition, and I did one you of her sung songs. Hero and, into your I don't know. It wasn't Hero, actually. No, I can't remember what the song was now. Um, It was like, it was the one that was based on a classical piece of music in the background. I can't remember what it was. But um, yes, I basically sung that and in a competition and and I came first and won this donkey bookmark. So it was like, yes, you know. (laughs) But back in the day when prices didn't have to be grand for them to be special. Donkey yes exactly yes yes you know our expectations have kind of gone through the roof in i know imagine if that like you know like people have x factor now and it's like oh you could win a whole following and have a whole career if you win yeah. this competition yeah yeah well yeah but even kids at school if you said well you you're going to win a donkey bookmark they'd be like they'd laugh in your face like, probably not not a 30 pound <laughs> book token or you know what well, I, I i don't get i don't get a holiday or something you know yeah. out of this yeah no it's true I came across you on Instagram. Um, really refreshing way of uh, trying to get people into your music. I mean, you had you had like uh, some video clips up there, but you also had sort of like, well, support me by my by my music and 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 get it at a reasonable price, which which you know I think is a great way to do it. What what made you take that kind of route? Because I think it's a successful kind of route that a lot of people should follow. Yeah. I think the pandemic basically was, you know, for like like a lot of people, just a complete game changer. And at the time, I just thought, right, I'm going to, I kind of threw myself into work because obviously you couldn't do anything else. (laughs) So I threw myself into like building an online, a bit more of an online following. So I started a Facebook group and I started a YouTube channel. Um, So I started doing covers on YouTube and and covers in the Facebook group too. And I, I'd kind of do rough ones in the Facebook group and then decide which one was good and do it do it for um, for YouTube. But um, I started using Facebook ads because I saw somebody else could do this offer, like, you know, kind of a free, C- free CD offer. You just have to pay the postage. And I thought, I'll just see if that works. And it did. I, I grew my group by like, you know, it's more or less a thousand people. And... And that kind of worked for a while, but I feel like that's kind of coming 
that kind of way of doing it might be coming to an end because mm. a lot has changed in the Facebook ad system and it's always evolving and there's been lots of changes. So I'm kind of in the middle of like trying to find a new route, um, maybe by growing my group more through the Facebook ad system. But yes, I'm still kind of doing the, fa the free CD, um, but not necessarily as an ad anymore. But yeah, I think, I think um, it's a good way to get people in. And then once you have them there, um, you know, you can basically show them what you're about. You can show them your music, show them, you know, so many different sides to yourself and all of that and, and kind of create that connection, which I, which I think is what it's about. And I think that's kind of what the pandemic taught me that actually all of this is just about creating an audience, really, creating people who connect to what you're doing. And all of the traditional ways of doing it you know, like record labels and all of that other stuff just seemed to just, I just, I just, I just became completely uninterested in doing any of going down that road, really. Well, the, the trouble is all of that is something for the very small minority. Yes. Who have got the money behind them. Yeah. In order to make that happen. Yes, that's true. Um, and it's, it's interesting because I actually had uh, on program that I was recording earlier today I had a, another musician who who generously popped in at the last minute but he contacted me because uh they'd got to number three in the heritage chart and they're oh, trying cool. to push to get to number one and uh he said oh is there any opportunity to to do something and I said well actually come and talk on this show that I'm doing in the middle of the day and we're, we're talking about well-being and uh but but you can talk about that as well and whilst we were there, we were discussing, and I've had this conversation with several musicians as well recently, the fact that don't think that, oh, I think we are entering a phase now where actually musicians need to realise that actually it's not just about the music. Yes. And what I, what I mean by that is actually it's about what else do you have to give and what, what's your total brand? If you like. Yes. And right. actually, yeah, also, I was just going to say, if you think about it, actually, I think it's always been this way. Like, because if you look at people mm. like Lady Gaga, for example, you know, it's not just her music that people are attracted to. It's this whole sense of like, you know, be who you are, be authentic, you know, um, don't care about what other people say about you and all of that. So she has this whole um, kind of persona as well. I think this has been this is this has always been the case. You know, if you if you go back, um, I think this is kind of you know people get attracted to you just as much as they get attracted to to the music. I think it has. I think the slight difference now is that it doesn't necessarily have to be about the mystique, right? Or the, yes. or, the pop, or the pop star. I think going back, yes. Yes, yes, it yes. Potentially, was more about oh, the distance between, like, the they're the famous between. person. But now I think it can be the opposite. So, and, and yes. again, I had a young musician on uh, a few weeks back who's also very heavily into their psychology, and um, on on LinkedIn we've connected up uh, to do with her psychology practice, etc. And I and I said to her, "Well, are you talking about both at all?" your music and your psychology ever are you using the connectivity between the two and she was like no actually I've kind mm. of almost seen it like well I talk about that or I talk about that 
and I was kind of encouraging her to say, well, no, maybe it's more like that. Yes. Actually, it's funny because this is something I've just realised literally in the like the last year because so I, I started off, like I was saying, on YouTube with all the covers, but I realised that, I mean, I liked doing the covers when I was doing them, but I just felt like I wasn't putting myself out there. I wasn't putting my music out there. I wasn't putting, you know, who I actually was out there. And that was kind of frustrating because I felt like, well, I'm doing this. But at the same time, I don't really feel like I'm doing it. And then so last year I, I kind of stopped doing a lot of social media, I had a bit of a break. And from that break kind of had a bit of a kind of realization that actually I want to kind of put more of yeah like what you were just saying put more of me out there and so I've kind of come up with these ideas of talking about creativity and you know maybe lyric writing and and doing all of this stuff now so this coming into this year that's kind of like more of what I want to do as this new album as a new album is coming out yeah so I think I think it's very sensible yeah and it's and I think it it it's more connecting as well like and you get to connect with the the you know it's not just about you putting you out it's also you know you're gonna get something back from your audience as well definitely definitely and your songs that you write obviously have have a depth to them you know yeah um so, so in terms of in terms of where they're coming from what other whatever aspects of your life really f feed into into your music um hmm, it's an interesting question i feel like there's more of a spiritual side that i've been kind of connecting to in the last mm. few years it's a bit like in a weird way when i was younger i used to look at leonard cohen and look at his trajectory of like the way he's his career kind of went i kind of like that was kind of like an ideal situation for me you know like becoming bigger in my 30s and then like just still managing to 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 kind of carry on through through the rest of your life but I never really looked at but now it seems kind of like weird because I've suddenly got into all this spiritual stuff and you know like at one time he became a monk and did all this you know like mm. it seems to be and it seems to be a thing a lot of musicians do as well like even if you take the Beatles for example they all did a stint in kind of like India and you know yep yeah all you need is love and all of that kind of stuff so I feel like I don't know that's going to tie in somewhere um as I as I progress through through this year I think yeah I know I think it's important um and wherever that's coming from as well I think it's important to develop it I, I saw um you know uh Natasha Khan back for lashes I mean she's she's uh possibly on the darker side of things, but she's, she's produced like sets of cards and whatever, and she's got her oh, own cool. reading cards and whatever now. And, and that's what she's pushing at the moment prior to whatever new music she's going to push out. Oh, interesting. And, and kind of like the white witch type thing. And, you know, um, and you just think, well, this is quite good to see that people are beginning to adopt mm. kind of other aspects of, what really interests them and even looking at you know physical physically putting output out there which isn't necessarily music in the first instance but then blending in some music so much you should maybe like use music to uh theatrically you know promote that or produce Definitely. that so she's beginning to make the cerebral connections for people that there's that and then this and it can come together 
but also I think what's important with that is that you're building better longevity for you as a career as well because you're building different streams if you like of where people can connect to you definitely yeah you know and even things like this like one of the reasons that I do so much of this is actually because I produce lots of or do lots of other stuff elsewhere but starting with conversations somewhere can draw people into going oh Mm -hmm. actually this, this this is an entry point for someone oh we can come in and talk about this but then they can get interested in that and the amount of people that have come on and they've they've watched a music conversation and then they go oh I really liked you or I like the conversations you're having and then they're trans you know they're transfer over to a conversation about ergonomics or about company mm-hmm. culture or about whatever it is that we're having yes. you know mental health and well-being over there and the gap isn't actually that wide no 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 I I totally agree and like I have this whole plan of putting out this video this long it's kind of been like a long drawn video I'm going to kind of put it out I think throughout the whole year and it's kind of connected to kind of the songs like some more more songs than others like loosely um but the whole because I started doing these like videos like with little clips and then putting them all together and making a kind of collage I guess like collage video yeah and I really got into them and so it's going to be more of that but it's going to be more of a story I think this time throughout so it's going to be like a long story which which I think is quite an interesting uh, because like I really want my I really like that creative thing to kind of be put into different areas like you know it's put into songs but now it's put into videos and what else can it be put into it's kind of you know just opening that up as well and I guess as you do that you may you may encounter or you may you know bump into other creatives along the journey and you might actually go you know they might come along with you as well I mean that's that's the other thing isn't it you know yeah um I've, I've seen that in the past as well where you know, if, if you start sort of working on words or video or whatever, you'll then get someone that's like maybe really into photography or something. Go, actually, yeah. I've 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 got a set of images that I really think would work would for this. Work yeah, really well in that, and then that's you know that just becomes part of a natural progression, sort of progression and relationship, yeah. and you can then. And that, it's quite useful as well for any creative, I think, to definitely. And I think the other thing is creatives. Yes, exactly. And also, like just what we're doing now, having, like you said, having this conversation. Um, I think also you can just have conversations with other artists as well. Like we tend to think of collaboration should just be about the music. Like, oh, we'll write a song together, but um, you know that can be quite a time-consuming task. And also, you know, you've got to find someone you gel with and all of that other stuff. And and you could just have a chat about, you know, what's creativity to you or how, you know, like there's so many different things you could talk about that can help also grow your, grow your following as well. Cause like you said, someone will, you know, listen on that channel and then go to another channel and it's just all like connected, isn't it? Kind of like this big web. Just tell people a little bit about the album. Uh... 
Um, what the Dark Water album? Dark Water, yeah. So yeah, so I kind of started sporadically writing it in my twenties, um, but I went through a big period at the end where I just couldn't write anything. And so at that time, I was kind of thinking maybe this just isn't for me, and I was, you know, <laughs> had a lot of self doubt, like whether I was going to be doing it. But then, in my early thirties, kind of had this massive creative shift where it just started becoming much easier, and. Um, so, th so songs like the American song that was kind of written kind of retrospectively about a, a situation that I was kind of in, in my early twenties. So I went traveling around America and I was traveling for about three, three days on a train. Um, and I just happened to be sitting next to this guy and he just kind of like, just gave me his whole childhood story it was, it was, wow. it was really tra tragic like a really tragic story and it was just one of those stories that was so tragic it just stayed with me like I just I just kept on thinking about it you know like and then and then that kind of came and then yeah the American song kind of came out from this story that he was telling me um yeah kind of I think it was like maybe four or five years later um um and Dark Water I wrote when I was like 19, really. So that was wow. kind of like, yeah, a really long time ago. Um, and the, the the melody and the chorus lyrics are the same, but I, I rewrote the verses um, much later on. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of like just really sporadically written and then, yeah, released just before a pandemic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was interesting. It was an interesting ride. Yeah. Do you, in terms of, moving on from there and, and what what's coming next do you think will you be looking for what's coming next to have a, a different feel at all or do mm. you do you think it will have a uh a more sort of together theme in a way mm. as opposed to like because dartboard yes. in a way feels like little stories yeah yeah you're right um I think it might feel, you know, to say it might feel more together, um, but I don't know yet. I, because, like, I think sometimes it's not until you've Wait really, and see. yeah, like, because I'm <laughs> going to be like recording the songs as I go, so I'm I'm hopefully going to be like releasing one song a month. So I'm going to just be recording one song a month as I go. But um, I've I've written a couple of songs on piano. Now I don't play piano, mm -hmm. so uh, you know it's pretty raw um and so that's interesting because I feel like you know I needed to kind of get away from guitar for a bit and just you know feel feel as if I just didn't know what I was doing anymore on something you know just feel like because sometimes that can help because sometimes you can get really stuck in like certain chords or certain ways of playing and I so totally understand that by the way because yeah I, I play guitar but I and I don't really play piano but I love sitting at a piano and I love mm. just playing like triads and stuff at a piano. This mm. hand's rubbish on the piano. Box. Yes. Yeah. I'm just right. like a one hand. This, this yeah. can kind of do like one bass note while this is yeah. doing something like a little melody or, you know, but just the physical difference from a guitar just means you just gravitate towards writing in a completely different way, which exactly. is. And I, and I feel like, um one of them just came out really kind of quickly they were both like both of those songs actually were written quite quickly um and they have quite you know like more 
more of a strong melody melody line which i kind of you know i kind of really like those those kind of types of songs um but also i'm kind of trying to talk to different people about like am, am i going to get somebody else to record it this time because obviously the last one i did myself but this time i do feel like like sometimes when i listen to the songs i feel like there's some things that are like oh this could i can hear maybe like maybe like some kind of soft choir in the background on this part, which which I just don't really have the skills to do. So I'm kind of like hoping mm. that the pe some, some of the people I'm talking to, maybe is it's going to come to fruition. But if not, then it will be me and maybe a friend. I might pull in a friend. So we're just going to see what we friend. can do. Yeah. Find a friend. Find a friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is there, is, there, is there a producer out there that you kind of look to as a, as a, as a big inspiration? I like Rick Rubin. Uh, because I, mm. I love I love what he says about creativity because he's doing a whole thing about creativity at the moment and I just completely and utterly relate to everything that that he's saying about it and the struggles and the, you know like it's really just yeah and so I like I, I tend to get drawn to people less on what they've done but more on who they are and like what what they're about creatively like are they going to be someone you can go to who's like really open where mm. you can take your thoughts to and we can kind of like hash our way through some some things to see what works and what doesn't um that to me is it's like more of an intuitive way of working so that's what i'm kind of drawn to more than say a more kind of like i don't know someone just listens to it and just says well let's do this and, you know it's more of a practical way of doing stuff you know yeah, I find the whole production thing is really quite interesting because obviously yeah. production in itself is an incredibly creative process and you can mm. completely change the song from production. But I, I I find the whole conversation, you know, when I'm reading books about uh, where people have worked with particular producers or, you know, um, the, the kind of production process that people have gone through, you know, just some of the the relationship part of that mm. is really really interesting where yeah. especially where it may be that someone's gone i don't actually rate that or whatever and someone's picked it up and gone i loved your pieces you mm. know i love the breadcrumbs that you've got there and actually what you haven't seen is that you've come to me with this which is complete and that that's complete and that, but what about that and it's like well mm. that's not a song yet but no it can be Mm. yeah i love that just that little bit that you've got there i can see how that could grow yes you know yeah i find like the production thing is like such a i think it's like the most skilled job like in the music it, you know if like if you take all the jobs in the music industry i think doing someone's production is like so difficult um because it's mm. just like a whole different way of uh using your creativity and, and a whole different way of thinking and I think a lot of the people who are good at it can kind of hear something maybe in their heads before it's even kind of on the page. Yeah. That and it's sense. amazing what we can do now as well. Yeah. You know, where someone, so, someone can actually like make something so it almost feels like you're, you're underwater one minute and then, yeah. you're, and then you're breaking out of water. And it's like sonically they can produce that. Yes. And, and you know it's what? Like, was, wow. Yeah. Totally. And you know what I find really interesting as well? I've been listening to a lot of Enigma recently. I don't know if you know mm, Enigma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, 
you know, I just love, I think it's the same reason I love my, the videos where you just take all these different clips and stick them together. I just love how Enigma just uses all these different genres. Like, you know, you've got an African man singing at one point, and then you've got like a Gregorian choir or something. And then they've got like some, somebody saying something rather than singing. And it's just like all of this like mismatch, but somehow they just put yeah. it all together and just make this beautiful song. And you're just like, oh, and they're you, very inspiring. Do you remember Art of Noise? um no i don't what was oh. art of noise well go, go back and explore art of okay noise. yeah art, I'll look art of noise was uh was a, a little project that trevor horn who's obviously okay. another famous producer yeah put to, put together predominantly with ann dudley who's a, a uh an orchestral arranger um but it and it was, you know, it's way back then in the 80s, yeah, yeah, but it yeah. was really interesting just yeah. what they did because they created these these soundscape songs, etc. One of them yes. got to, it was called Close to the Edit. Got I think it got to number one or number two in the charts. But it but they were it was all just noises, but then fed together and mm. you know, and then developed into sort of quasi-classical bits and whatever. And it's just you could just hear them really being creative with the the whole process of sound, which was great, mm. you know. And I, yeah, I, I love that. I love the whole. It's like again, it's just like that kind of um, mishmash of things, uh, you know, like what we were saying about what's the word, a collage. It's like a collage of sounds, isn't it? In a way, yeah. Um, and I just if love anyone's that. watching, by the way, and you know, they they'd love to get in touch with Katie and, and offer to do any kind of production on on her new work yeah. uh you know j j don't don't feel shy because you never know you never know um we've had we've had all sorts of uh relationships start on this show we've had had people that were fantastic keyboard players meet up with with other guests and and you know tour the world so it's it's it wow. all happens yeah it all happens That's here amazing. it's always worth a conversation i think mm, it's, definitely. you know even if you decide no it doesn't really work uh you don't know until you uh you ask so there you go well listen i i i love uh your work i, I find it uh it's it's it certainly challenges the ear and the brain at both at the same time which is which is wonderful and it's emotionally it's it's work that really tries to grab get you into your heart and, yeah and, and, and get you. get into you yeah absolutely which you know is more and more challenging as as the years go on, I think. Yeah, yeah. Especially as we sort of struggle for time. Yes, yeah. You know? Um, but what I will say is if if you uh, do get a copy of Katie's album or, or you're going to stream a copy of Katie's album, please do uh, just put the whole thing on and give it give it the time to listen through the whole thing. Yeah, I feel like um, like some people have said, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that can't, you know, it's more like more of a slow burn and then other people have said like I think it depends on like maybe it's like an introvert extrovert thing or something if you're more I don't know but yeah other people have said oh they've just you know from the first listen they've liked it so yeah I don't know it could it could go either way but yeah it, it, it I see it is probably more of a slow burn but I don't know whether it, I, for me it, it was a slow burn but I definitely feel like yours is the kind of music I I wouldn't just want you're certainly not going to skip tracks. I mm. so if you're if the if you're the kind of person that's got 
at the moment a sort of 30 second uh, attention span when it comes to music yeah please do try mm. a little bit harder i think our all of our attention spans are getting a bit well i think it's a i think it's a major problem I, and i have mm. discussed it uh, several times on this show before now which is that we need to relearn to listen i'm very but i'm pleased to see that and well i'm hoping actually that with uh, the fact that people are beginning to buy vinyl again, with the fact that people are beginning to buy even tapes, um, you know, yeah, physical. I don't formats. get tapes really. I, I mean, well, I, I kind of do. do it really? I kind, I kind of do. Yeah, because what I'm hoping is that it's actually about people realizing that there's a, a pleasure. Uh, I see. Yeah. In actually yeah. having to to listen. To a whole side of something and then turning it mm. over and then listen to the other side mm. you, you, there's a commitment there and we always had that commitment growing up you know you'd save up for weeks to buy your favorite mm. album you'd buy it and then you'd play it to death yeah and you'd listen to it and listen to it and listen yeah. to it you know um music seems to travel past so quickly and it's what one of the things i was talking to my wife about the other day which is that well, why don't why don't we remember lyrics anymore to songs mm. and and she was somewhat yeah but years ago we used to listen to the same music over and over and over for weeks before mm. there's something new came along and nowadays it's like yeah. songs are just coming out into the ether all of the time yeah. you're not you're not actually absorbing that for any length of time so i think mm. it's nice to um buy the album that's what yeah. i'm saying buy yeah. the physical album buy ktcd and just listen to it for goodness sake and if you haven't got a cd player buy a cd player 35 quid on ebay you get a whole you get a whole sound system trust me i i've done it myself there you go i look forward to i look forward to hearing what you produce throughout the year yeah and, and i love the idea of this kind of panoramic video evolving yeah and i love That's the idea like i never really thought about putting out a song once a month and it was something somebody, another musician actually, that that suggested it um, again last year, and it just seemed to make sense. It was like, you know, how we used to. Well, we kind of think, well, I've got a couple of years to write another one, and then I'll put it out. And but that doesn't seem to make sense anymore in the social media world because people want content and people want things, you know. So it it doesn't make sense to, you know, sit and write an album over two years. And I think that doesn't really work with my temperament anyway, um, because I'm more likely to just think that I've got so much time when I don't, mm. you know? So it's like, it's better that I have that little bit of pressure to go, okay, what can I, what can I put out this month? Yeah. I think it's good. And, you know, a bit of advice is always produce the long form piece of content first. Mm. And then you can always, always disseminate that into lots of little, little ones. Pieces. Yeah, True. absolutely. Um, so it's, uh, which is what we do with this here uh you know we, we produce a long form people like the long form but to get them into it quite often i produce a whole load of 20 second clips uh which goes on all of the social medias and, and gets people to to dive in mm. you know um but if you start with the long bit it's easier yes. <laughs> trying yeah. to do it the other way around pleasure to have you on it was really uh, fun really nice chatting to you yeah, and you. Uh, Katie's album is out now. You can already buy it. Uh, she's working on the next one as we speak. 
it's called Dark Walker. It's available on CD. It's very reasonably priced. Uh, if you connect with her on the Instagram or anything like that, you can uh, find a link and you can go and buy it. She yeah. might even sign it for you. Yeah, I think I do. Uh, which uh, yeah, I think you do. Um, which is which is wonderful. Um, and uh, and then she'd like to take you on her journey with you. I look forward to seeing more from you in 2024. Uh, cool. Thank you for coming on and talking. Thanks for inviting me. Cheers. Thank you.